0: Hello and welcome to the Peoples of the World podcast. I am Kev Shapers, your host. Join with me on this beautiful journey to explore different cultures, traditions, and religions and find out what we have in common and what we can learn from each other. Stay tuned. Hello and today's podcast my guest chose to talk about gender roles and sexuality so just before we're tuning in um, maybe identify for yourself which the things are that you agree with and what you maybe don't agree with and why and open yourself up to new possibilities as we're exploring different gender roles and sexuality in our modern society where there is a lot of choice and confusion happening at this time. Have fun with the podcast and don't hesitate to reach out and let me know what your thoughts are on the topic or what other conversation types you would like to explore on this podcast. Recording and we are live i am joined today by uli from austria and today we are going to have a conversation about duality and uh specifically probably going to venture in the the roles of the different genders and different energy particularly and uh just going to explore the different viewpoints and have more of a conversation versus where So far, I've mostly interviewed people's lives. Today, we're going to have somewhat of a debate and maybe we'll agree or not. So, Uli, why don't you make yourself known so you can say something with your voice?
1: Hey, guys. um, Thank you, Kev, for having me today. Um, I'm super excited to be here with you and jump into this conversation about you either can call it genders or energies as you already said and the divine femininity and masculinity and yeah i'm super excited to see where this conversation is going
0: okay so you already used the jargon there of divine masculinity and femininity yes so we need to define that what that means to you
1: yeah i i already waited for that (laughs) So, um, yeah, I actually really like the term. I just recently started to use it um, because it really comes down deeper than all the layers the society puts on us. So the divine is like something that's way beyond uh, society and uh, what society wants femininity and masculinity to look like. And it talks about the core of the qualities of femininity and masculinity. Mm-hmm. so the in yoga at least we said that um, the feminine is like nurturing and has this cooling and grounding effect, and the masculine, the divine, is um, this uh this active potential and the burning potential, and it also isn't um, brought to the female or male gender it's way more general so every person has the divine masculine and the divine feminine within and most people don't really have it balanced out and that's just a really interesting um, thing about people especially men struggle a lot to uh, accept their femininity Mm -hmm. and women also struggle a lot to accept their femininity so Um, there is a general struggle with the divine feminine at least that's what i've experienced in my last years of um yeah getting deep into that topic
0: okay so if you're saying divine feminine and masculinity i'm just summing it up to see if i've understood correctly and to have a definition of it so the divine and the Masculinity and femininity would then be the archetypical essence of the female and and, and the feminine or the masculine energy archetype, which yes. is then a um, an expression of something. So in, in duality, that'd be the, the two opposites of the coin that you would need to understand within yourself.
1: Yes, exactly. Agree 100. <laughs>
0: OK, sweet so how have you explored this within yourself now in this recent year
1: that's um that's a really interesting question and i need to probably get back a little bit more um because uh when i was a teenager let's jump and i'm just like summing it up quickly um i really struggled a lot with my femininity and um not from like the outside i am like a very feminine person long hair and how women look yeah and um yeah i struggle a lot with that because i always felt that you can you can accomplish more in life as a man or a guy than you can as a woman and you you either have the chance to be a woman that's beneath men and that is just like hushing and just like being this tiny, nice little person that is just agreeing to everything. Or you can be above men and um, just be their boss and be this really harsh person that everyone says, oh, she really needs to get laid or something, you know, the typical sayings. And I never explored that you can be on the same level, and I really missed role models coming to that, like just men and women, just like having a conversation on the same level. And I have been working like so hard to to establish that in my life, to to um, to accept my femininity, to know that I have this masculinity in me as well, this like force of energy and um yeah it was like a super hard and long way to know that i can be like super feminine on the outside and still have a lot of power within me and not getting reduced to you know the outer qualities that my body comes with
0: okay and so do you have specific things that you practiced in order for you to Get the the new internal embodiment of what you're trying to express as as a female trying to find femininity.
1: Yes, I actually did like, and it was never comfortable. So this those exercises were nothing where I was like, "Yay, I'm super excited to do it." So I decided to not shave for half a year, for example, Mm -hmm. and. still went on dates and stuff and tried to be as confident about myself as i could um, and see that femininity has nothing to do with hair growth for example or i started talking about period stuff with guys especially and like really step into my power and not letting myself be belittled for that and i just tried to express it all because cycles for women are like different to male cycles um, because you are not cycling beings, which is neither better nor exactly worse. We,
0: we are cycling beings. We have cycles. are? Yeah. We just have less. Okay. Yeah, so there's- Let's Tell that... me more
1: about that. I've, I've not heard about that, to be honest. Yeah,
0: so we, the, the way the nurture works in general is through cycles. It's systematic approaches that are happening. Mm-hmm. So, from a hormonal perspective, males also have cycles.
1: You do, okay. That's interesting. Even,
0: even from a the, so, there's cycles that are either weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, daily, and so on, right? And these systems happen upon every existence that is existing in the world. Yeah. So everything has a cycle, and we have cycles too. They're just working a little bit different than yours, and they're not as predominant because. You have to be a lot more sensitive to the different hormonal changes that are happening.
1: Yeah. So for women, it's probably just way more obvious because we are having our periods, So that's that's the obvious thing.
0: Right. Um, And you have the different hormonal things. You're usually a lot more in touch with emotion too. So you will see the different fluctuations and so on. Whereas for a man, it's a lot more subtle, but there are also cycles there. And I think it's important that we, in general, not just with our bodies, but cycles in general, right? What, what are winters there for? What are monsoon yeah. times there for? What, uh, what are the cycles for food resources and so on? It's a topic that, that um, unfortunately has been lost in Western society because the way that we process information is in a reductionistic linear approach.
1: Yes yes i i completely agree with that it was my conversation was more about the obvious stuff that society tells us from a young age on that it needs to be you need to hide that you need to hide the fact that you're having your period even though half of the population has that and um to not talk about that or not be sexually active during periods or whatever and um i try to you know push those boundaries a little bit not by like doing but by more by having a conversation because i feel like conversations are the the entering point for for change and that's why i try to have as many conversations as possible even though they were uncomfortable and i had them for myself to enter that gate of my my feminine power and also for people to maybe help them to question those standards that are like put over society, like a coat and are not questioned by many. Mm. So, yeah.
0: So here's an interesting question. And this just came to my mind. I don't think I've ever really investigated this angle of it, but how much do you think the perception of femininity is cultural versus archetypical universal?
1: Mm-hmm. I think it is, that's a really interesting question. Um, I know I've read a lot about cultures where they are embracing like the bleeding of a woman and where the the women are the leaders of the group. But just in general, there are very little communities where that's the case and where the, the feminine is seen as the strong and where the masculine is seen as not as strong. And I'm, I don't even know why in every, in every community there is either feminine is strong or masculine is strong. I am not quite sure why we can't handle to like have that conversation on eye to eye level. But I think, yeah, of course it's because in former years, guys were hunting and women were nurturing kids and yeah that's that's what it was in the stone age but um that we still haven't evolved out of that is something that really yeah it 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 struggles me a little bit because we're aware of so many things and it feels like it's like a, uni- a universal thing and not coming to cultural uh differences so what's your point of view on that?
0: Well, if if I had to put words on it at this point, it's probably there's a lot of things that are cultural. Um, and it's really hard to untangle which one is cultural and which one is archetypical universal principle. And uh, I had an interesting thought on the point for you, why we can't see on an eye level and you know, have the different strengths there. I think there is a intelligence flexibility that's missing where you can say, you know, there's, there's something inside of us and, and we're all guilty of this. I think this is an opinion that uh, we get one specific angle, our, perser- uh, our our personal angle and view of how we perceive reality and what we think is right and what is wrong. And With this angle of looking at the specific thing, we're kind of losing track of okay. But if we're moving over there and changing our angle and the way that you know the scenery maybe changes at that point, if we're in in what situation is what better or or worse? I think this is the flexibility that I'm referring to that we need to create. Is how in when when is what good? When is what bad? When is a specific thing? beneficial or not i I think the the rigidity and 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 fixating on something and keeping it fixed is uh one of the biggest causations of of our problems in life and i guess the i i often talk about the um the causation of suffering is the resistance to pain and so this is exactly the same principle, right? We have this resistance to all these different things. And- yes.
1: Yes, that's, that's a really interesting thing because um, one thing that has stuck to my mind like really closely since my yoga teacher training is that our mind works either by like those afflictions, like either clinging to something, like really don't want to let go of something or avoiding it completely. Yeah. And, um, most people or most minds are not okay with just like being with the flow and just seeing ourselves like a vessel that just has all these experiences and not categorizes them. Like where there is winning in the lottery is not a good thing or a bad thing. It's neutral. Mm -hmm. Having like losing someone important is not a bad thing or a good thing. It's neutral. So I think that the more we can like, not detach, but like act out of non-attachment rather, um, the more peaceful our minds and our lives will become. And the same with like non-attachment to gender roles. I think it it also works for that.
0: Yeah, so how, how does one practice non-attachment in your point of view?
1: That's a good one. Um,
0: because, you know, the, there's, there's a very fine line to go into a nihilistic um, yes. approach, right? Where nothing matters anymore.
1: Yes. So um, the way I practice non-attachment is, it as you said, it's like a, this really fine line between non-attachment and avoidance. Um, so if I feel sad, for example, for whatever reason, I'm trying to sit with it. I just... I just look at it and try not to react to it too much. I just like let it flow through me. And maybe there are tears coming. Mm. Maybe there is just like this sad feeling in my tummy or whatever. And I'm just sitting there and watching it like as from a witness perspective. And after a while, these feelings are getting more mild and Mm. that's how I can incorporate them in my body and in my soul. And that's what works for me for non-attachment because as soon as I've incorporated them, I don't need to be like, um, my, my sight is not, is clear again. And I, I don't see it from, from the glasses of sadness anymore. So that's, that's how it works for me at least.
0: It's very interesting that you chose a negative example.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: Because there's the flip side of the coin there too, right? If we're having the conversation about duality, like I want to investigate why you chose the sadness rather than the resistance to change in a good situation too.
1: Because it's easier for most people to grasp.
0: Hmm.
1: So for people who are listening to this, they can probably, the negative feelings most of the time feel stronger and we can remember them better. Yeah. That's what I think. And um, so if you're starting to practice non-attachment, it's easier to start with the, the bad feelings that you don't want to have. Um, but yeah, um, for I mean, I'm not a master of that yet. I'm not a 90-year-old girl sitting somewhere in a cave. Uh, uh, and yeah I don't know if I'll ever be that person
0: I'm not I'm not sure the the 90 year old guru sitting in the cave has any valuable information for us though (laughs) because
1: but at least I have not yet moved to a cave (laughs) and I don't know if that will happen but yeah for I mean the same thing applies for for good feelings and um, for good feelings, most of the time we want to clinch to them and we, we just try to keep them as close as possible to ourselves. Mm. And the more we try to like hold on to them, often they they just wanna like, like they want to leave us because nobody wants to be like hold that tight for a longer period of time.
0: So if you're non-attached, right? I think there's a necessary step that needs to happen in order for you to derive meaning from your personal experience of life. W- what do you think that is?
1: I think I don't have a definite answer to that yet. Hmm. I feel like I'm you know, still in the process of incorporating that um, practice of non-attachment and um for the bad situations that works quite well so far but for for the the feeling good part i have not yet had that many accomplishments where i'm just like okay that's good and it can leave as well now that i know that it's good so i think that is really like the next step i can have maybe we can have that conversation in a year or so (laughs)
0: Okay. Do you
1: have like any any recipe for that?
0: Well, you know, the the non-attachment practice for me is to be able to allow the experience of consciousness to occur. Now this sounds highly complex, right? But it's it's basically to have our senses happen and our perception of reality happen without applying meaning. And then use the power of storytelling, which, you know, we are storytelling beings. You can think as much as you want that we're rational, but we're really not. We're, we're storytelling beings that are able to use the power of stories to then create certain knowledge that we can apply to ourselves. So in order for you to make meaning by realizing that all the stories that you apply to your life are the ones that you create for yourself, you can use this belief to apply the meaning that you want
1: but what i so i i see that a little different so i try to like not get rid but become more aware of the stories i'm telling myself and try to let them go like a coat you know all those layers that you put on yourself like being a husband a, a Daughter, a teacher, a blah blah blah. You know all those layers you put on yourselves. Yeah. Um, as well as like I'm a very emotional person, or I'm drawn towards uh, sadness, or I'm just like a super happy person. You know, I try to let go of those layers as well and know that all of that is just, as you say, a story that I'm telling myself, and that is not my core. That's not my essence.
0: Oh so, yeah. It's i it like. Actually-
1: Connecting to my essence, this kind of falls away, and many of the everyday struggles fall away with it.
0: Yeah, so I I think you misunderstood me there, just to clarify. I say if we're practicing non-attachment, right? The non-attachment is what's what's getting rid of story. Because you have because you have perception without attached story, right? Yeah, yeah. And then if you've practiced non-attachment and the stories are gone in order to not be nihilistic and and have no meaning and just everything is just happening, I believe that we can then start to choose stories for ourselves then apply to us and allow us to experience more joy. So it's not that I'm getting rid of them and then, you know, not. this is the fine line that I was referring to where where the non-attachment practice is kind of to get rid of the story, but then also realize that we derive meaning from stories. So we need to choose the ones that are helpful or allow us to work better together or have more joy in life or, you know, whatever we're seeking.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, so we can agree that we agree. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So is there anything you would like to explore, like a topic or a question or like an opinion viewpoint or something you would like to share
1: yeah I'd like to share something. Um, and that's that's something that makes me really happy because to me it as I've been like talking about this topic like a lot in the last years and like really explored, I'm like holding women' circles and stuff like that to help other women find empowerment. Um, what I'm really happy to see is that there are more women waking up and realizing their their own powers, and that even in society, like uh, femininity gets like valued a little bit more, mm-hmm. and that's something that i I really, really like watching. Um, I mean just like a tiny example that there is now a variety for period products, and not you can only choose like a tampon and that's it and um that's something that was really missing and i'm like super happy to see that happening and also that women start to have conversations with men and are not excluding them anymore because at first it was like okay let's have this femininity talk in a feminine cycle like just females and we talk about our stuff with other women and that's it but now um Men are opening up to that and women are opening up to that conversation with men. And that makes me like hope that we can grow together, which is just such a beautiful thing.
0: How would you like for us to grow together? In what way? What areas?
1: Like in general, not having the need to hide anything from each other and accepting the way nature shaped us with all our varieties because you know there can be men that have a way more feminine side than many women and the other way around and just seeing each other without this like layer of okay this is a feminine body and this is a masculine body just like really seeing our underneath layers and seeing okay we're all humans and this is just the way nature has created us, and this is where our soul sits. Just like appreciating each our bodies and the varieties and whatever their bodies come with, and um, yeah, getting deeper than that.
0: What What is the soul to you? Because you use the word soul.
1: The soul to me is um, transcendent. It has nothing to do with form and it's the seeds of our essence as we said the combination of uh, divine femininity masculinity and i don't even know if if there is a proper description for soul or for whatever the soul means but it's definitely a luminous whatever thing to me and it chooses it chose this body for for the purpose of this life because this body is what fulfills um the the things my soul wants in this life and maybe in the next life if something like that exists my soul will be the same um maybe just like seeking other experiences and therefore choosing another body
0: okay so where do you think the roles should be as in You know supporting the man and the woman in being able to express the different archetypes quote unquote for each other do you you believe like there's an innate um there's innate need for the women to first express their femininity or how do you see the roles there because there are roles and we need to honor that there are roles and i i think it's important to kind of understand
1: yes um i think the probably the easiest way is to like it starts when we're like little of course um and it starts with our parents so not not necessarily with parents but with our surroundings um so i think it's important that um girls need to get to know themselves from like a super young age and the same applies to guys. So I'm not saying we should just focus on the feminine and forget about the masculine. No. Um, So I think that um, definitely like there should be a lot of conversation about that within the family. And then also maybe creating circles within a community like the sacred men circles, sacred women circles, and then of course as well mixed circles. But I think it's important to first, like get a connection to not only our sexual organs and what that means and what it comes with, but also a deeper understanding of what is, within us and what are the qualities that i am living in this life or you are living in this life and then we when we like have this connection because you probably never know yourself to the fullest it's like a bottomless glass i think um you can always explore yourself more Uh, but as soon as you have this conversation and this connection you can then go into interaction with um the other gender and just like talk openly about what you've discovered and if you start with this from a very young age this conversation is without shame because we are not coming into this world with the feeling of guilt and shame so um i think when we're still super young having this connection built and then talking to each other and exploring that with each other without the sexual context because it's something natural, like nakedness is natural, um, cycling is natural, all this, these things are natural. And I think we should learn to start to treat them as they are. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I just had a thought there. Um, well, it's a thought that I've been having a lot. But I, I believe what we're seeing right now in a archetypical idea of concept is that we have a general alien, uh, alienation of nature which is the association with, with the feminine, the creative, right? And so cycles are not being viewed. It's, it's a very masculine viewpoint where the, especially the Western mind is very masculine because it's very reductionistic, right? It's very linear.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, it's shown in the education system, in the political system, in the economy. Everything is very, very linear. And so even our beliefs of everything, nutrition, psychology, everything that we have is very limited because we're only looking at one viewpoint where, which is the masculine viewpoint, not the male, but the masculine viewpoint. And so in order for us to, and I, and just to be fair, I think these are very important parts and we need to keep them. I don't think we should get rid of them at all these are knowledges and, and structures that we need to have, but I think we need to open up to have a better connection to the feminine as in connecting, reconnecting to nature, which is the cycles, which is uh, creativity, which is, you know, the, the naturalness of softness as well, which masculine would be more hard. And so we have had a neglect on nature. And I I think if we go back and look at how things work in nature, we can automatically find the femininity within ourselves a little bit more.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, as we have seen like in the last centuries and like even decades and and hundreds of years, um, you know, it's like all those metropoles that are growing in size and they are often like lacking nature because it's not in our nature to live in the on the 50th floor of a building and just like being super airy up there and not grounded at all Mm. um and i think everything will become better when people are seeking time in nature again and just like really spending and connecting there not like a hunt for the next climb or hike or just like reaching the peak but just like being in the woods or something sitting there on a tree and just like being
0: why why do you think people need to be in the woods and you said grounded what what does it mean to be grounded
1: yeah i mean grounding is also one of the the feminine qualities and as time flies by so fast and for me it looks like and it feels like the clock is ticking faster and faster and faster um the the grounding effects go away it's like it's like as we're we're as if we were becoming more and more airy and uh losing the ground so to me it's like super important to just like sit on on a patch of grass or on a trunk or whatever, and feel this energy because you can really feel it. It feels like it's sucking you in and it, to me at least it helps me to ground like so much and to con- connect with all the femininity that's, that's like holding us as well. Because I mean, we are we are of course held by buildings, but buildings are held by Pachamama, Mother Nature, in the end, and yeah, we should not forget about that. I think,
0: yeah, no, I agree. Um, there's so many benefits from being in nature, and, and nature doesn't make mistakes, so there's a lot of value for our bodies and our minds and everything to be in there, uh, especially also to come back into resonance with the frequency of the earth, um, which then allows us to get rid of the stress. and. The hecticness and everything and kind of get grounded and align ourselves again
1: yes the thing is for me because at least in austria it seems like a trend to like really go back into nature but i think people like a lot of people understood it wrong of course it's nice to reach a peak and stuff but most people are running up there not like watching anything not touching anything just like being as fast as possible being the first one on top of the mountain and then just like going back having a beer and like yeah so it feels like they think they are like getting grounded there and connect with nature but they really don't
0: Mm. I want to kind of circle back to you saying, um, the, the recommendation of having sacred circles, um, would you say sacred circles and conversations and stuff like that? Right? So I think the issue that I see with that, and I feel the most is using jargon that is esoteric in its essence. And so the, the problematic there is for me, cause I think the collaboration of humanity in general is what is necessary. And by using things that are either esoteric or slightly religious in their origin of wording is automatically going to exclude a lot of people and not allow them to explore the topic. So I think there we need to really be careful what words we're choosing and why. And, um, it's, it's sometimes comforting to have wording that fits into a certain community, but also you know realizing the limitations of that and then you know, have the conversation of, okay, what other possible definitions could we have for this? So we then include the people that maybe would need it the most and not just get confirmation bias with the community that we're already in and everyone's just kind of amping each other up because we're all in the same opinion.
1: Yeah, that's actually a super interesting one because I've been like so against spirituality for like most of my life. Mm. Um, And what really helped me because even like doing my first yoga teacher training, all the spiritual stuff was like a red sheet for me. And I was like, I I really don't want to please just like exclude me Um, because I couldn't grasp it. You know, it was just like so far away. And I was like, how do, they, how do people come to these like beliefs, like they're believing into thin air. And so I can really understand that. But what really helped me was one of my teachers saying that if you're feeling avoidance towards something, um, that's always a good indication that there is something in there for you and that at least you can challenge your beliefs. Mm. And when you're like, saying okay i'm gonna try it i try to challenge my beliefs just imagine that you your mind is a blank sheet and then there are no opinions that have like been pre-shaped before that just imagine that you don't have an opinion about that and see what comes out of it yeah and reevaluate afterwards
0: you yeah, know i guess this is really good advice but um I wanna add to that and and this kind of circles to the topic that we had before we jumped on is the the definition of language and the uses of language, right? Because we are heading towards a global civilization or we are within a global civilization where there's so many different cultures and beliefs and non-beliefs with the atheists on that side or the nihilists, um, I, I think it's important for us to function as a global society Is to maybe restructure a conversation or a language, and not not a language as in English or French or whatever, but more like the choosing of wordings that are not charged with historical and belief constructs, in order for us to have a conversation. Because what happens often is that you know you have a neglect or you you have a disbelief or you're not able to hold a conversation because we're not able to speak about a topic because you're saying one thing and I'm saying one thing, but we might be saying the same thing. The problem is that I'm not listening because I don't want your jargon to come into my existence. Right. So that's just what I'm suggesting. Like, can we, I don't even know if this is possible, but can we create a language that allows us to coexist and the other jargon can still exist within your own peer group, but, can we kind of find a nominator or language together where we will be able to sit on the same table and coexist without needing to have the same opinions.
1: But don't you think that society would immediately say, ah, that must be like some cult or some spiritual stuff. Like they are inventing their own language and our language is not good enough for them or something like, I think as long as we're stuck in like in general, in those lower frequencies, the human mind has this tendency to always like have an opinion on stuff and like as soon as some something comes into our into existence like close to us we're shaping automatically not even consciously we're just shaping our opinion about that and we're loading it with emotions so i'm i'm not sure how how would you like create a language that's that not, not,
0: this is very interesting because you use the word day right but there is no day because we do it together. It's like constantly reevaluating our own language in the way that we're choosing. So, and then redefining it as we speak. So it's not like I am creating a language or you and I are creating a language. It's more like, can we, as a culture, global culture, move away from some of the things when we're speaking to each other or not? It's, it's a thought. It's not something that I say we need to do. It's, it's something that i would like to explore and it's something that i'm trying to do where the conversation is a lot less charged because i'm not using things that i don't understand or not have predefined or you know not speaking with clarity because often we hide and especially people for for example in the medicine field they do it a lot where they hide behind jargon of definitions which they don't really understand and so my question or my thought there is Can we find a language where we're starting to get more conscious about it? And then that will trickle into culture in its own because that's how it happens. The the more people use it and think about it, the more it's going to affect everyone. So it's not an organization or a cult or whatever. It's more of a how are we communicating and why and what questions are we asking as a human, as an individual? And on that individual level, that potentially and i don't know this could then trickle over to another individual and then expand in that way and that will influence the way we talk and improve the way we collaborate
1: i mean that's that's for sure like a a super nice thought and I, i wish we could like all together create something like this but i'm not sure if we as a collective are Ready for that yet
0: well i don't think we'll ever be ready for it it's there's not like an end goal there's not a destination in in essence, you and I are doing it right now right we're having the conversation we're having the thought we're talking about it we're asking each other what we mean by a certain thing and you know by in order for us if we have more conversations like this, and especially you know if if someone listening in or you yourself uh, start to have more conversations and point awareness to it, it will evolve over time. And I don't think there's a destination to be reached here, but more the fluidity and the reevaluating all the time in order for us not to become fixed, right? The resistance it's, again, it's the same principle of resistance that will cause suffering. Yes. Right. And so it's just a little tip of the domino piece to see what's going to happen it's more like me being a crazy scientist that is trying to (laughs) see if uh, if something happens or not the domino (laughs) um i i don't know if you're the domino i i think you're more the person that flicks the other domino or like allows the other domino to fall
1: Yeah, we probably all are. I mean, we're all like the person that touches the first domino and we all are the first domino probably.
0: Yeah, it's the chicken and the egg question, right? Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) The chicken and the egg. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, we don't even need to define that. Just like being aware that you are constantly in interaction with like people, either verbal or nonverbal just like being aware of that like everything you can say can like can like trigger another person or it can give them like like good input um and as well like every person that interacts with you can like push you uh over or towards your limits and beliefs and i think just like being aware of that is a big present because it makes you less reactive and it makes you more thoughtful when you're interacting with people.
0: Mm. Yeah. Do you have any other questions or topics you would like to explore? Is there like something that comes to mind or?
1: Well, as I have the opportunity to talk to a man here, I would, um, I would like to ask you kind of the same question you asked me how would you support um, women in, in their like being of a cycling being just like how would you how would you support women in society and in general and how would you as a man wanted to be supported by women.
0: Okay, so the question is, how would I, as a man, support a woman to reach the full integration of the femininity in their lives? Is that the question?
1: And vice versa.
0: And vice versa. Um, I think the first one is the one that needs to happen faster. And for the men, it's probably the first thing that needs to be happening is to understand what healthy masculinity is rather than and, and healthy being you know things that are working well in society and for themselves and um and for women i think it's creating these the the situation and the understanding and the openness in order for them to explore in whichever facets they find right to to leave room for error Especially now that, you know, there's a lot of charge in general around uh, the the femininity topic, especially with, you know, a lot of the feminists that are active right now that um, there's always like a high chance that it kind of becomes toxic and slightly masculine rather than feminine. And it's very ironic that they call it femininity um because they're they're like okay now we're we're gonna take over the role of the really shitty masculine part that you've been playing for a long time like no fuck why why like why are you doing the same mistake it's it's like a, a little child that has lost their lolly and now they're beating everyone everyone up because they don't have their lolly anymore it's I think really we need to to understand where the strength is there, and it comes back to you know understanding your own nature and and being able to lead from softness, mm-hmm. to be strong in softness. And
1: but do you have like any practical tips, or do you do you have practical experiences how you can live that? Just for like you know, I mean. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but maybe for someone who is listening to that and has no idea what, how, where they should start, where would you like advise a guy to start?
0: How to, to facilitate the, the space or what? Or for a guy, like, can you rephrase that question for me? So I...
1: Um. So okay. if a man is coming to you and asks how he can incorporate like supporting women and how... Can he ask for for the support, vice versa? What what would you say are practical exercises or ways to live by?
0: In terms of supporting a woman to express her femininity, is um, an open an open stance of being unwaveringly supportive. So this would be to just be like a rock. And just be there, Not try not to fix, try not to say, just be. Ask questions, you know, this is kind of a, a strong masculine approach where, you know, you want to be inquisitive and kind of figure out what's happening without needing to fix it and change it. And so to be able to hold the container is to allow a woman to just be chaotic in her path to find femininity where you know, she can stumble and fall and be excessive and not excessive and cry and be emotional and not emotional and, and make mistakes and maybe go into a little bit of the masculine part and just be there, be present, be conscious. And then I think what's, what needs to happen first for men today Is for men to make mistakes in order to be that that healthy masculinity where you're inquisitive and not trying to fix and everything, and where you you can support and protect but not be dominant. You know, realize that you don't need to be dominant because you're already strong enough.
1: And how? uh, Sorry that I'm asking another question. um It just
0: like as many as you want. This is this whole point (laughs) of this thing. So it's it's a big topic and it's not something we can, yeah. we can investigate within the short time. So I can, you know, there's only like a little glimpse of yeah, things right. that I can say. And, and I guess a lot of the examples is, is practical exercises that you would need to see and experience rather than me talking about it. So this yeah. is just like an input.
1: Yeah. But I mean, you know, you're the person that maybe touches somebody's domino.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So go ahead, go ahead and ask what you wanted to ask.
1: Um, can you remember when you first um, got in touch with your divine feminine part and how do you live your feminine part in your daily life or do you still kind of neglect it?
0: So for me, it's very interesting. Um, I've always kind of had a lot of women in my life uh, as a supportive role, like elder women, not, not as a partner, but in... in i didn't have as many male role models so from a young age i was already very in touch with the feminine side of myself you know i would kind of sing and dance around and be chaotic and play around and have immense amounts of fantasy um i then went on and kind of lost it later in life where i got really disappointed and uh went down a spiral and there i kind of shut everything off and so for me, it was a rediscovering of what it means to be softer. And I guess it's, it's a journey that I'm on and I will continue to be on because you know it's the, the dance of duality where I will kind of move in and out of these different two things and I will make many mistakes and maybe go into the more destructive variants of that category of archetype. And um, so especially the last, two years I was kind of exploring what it meant to have more femininity in my life where you know I would leave a lot more things up to chance and and be more expressive with my body and my emotions and like over-the-top emotions and and grow my hair long and have like hair everywhere kind of to to see what what does it even mean um and um yeah so i i guess that was was kind of my journey and uh, now it's not it doesn't need to be as conscious anymore it's kind of a natural dance that's occurring and i, I highly depend on my people in my environment to kind of point out the mistakes that i'm making in neither of the categories and i think it's really important to understand that yes masculinity femininity it's 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 a concept it's a construct that we're creating in order for us to explore parts of ourselves it's it's not more than that it's not it's not like this it's real but it's also not real we're 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 making it real in order for us to explore a topic but then also you know just kind of in in essence of relating we need to have support from each other in order to kind of define what is the correct way and this might be very different in different types of relationships and this could be your your relation to your emotions or music or to each other to a woman which role are you going to have to play and i think the future is going to be a lot more fluid uh, as to who expresses what when but also being aware that as a woman you will always be a little bit more in touch with your feminine side if you choose to you it'll be more available to you just because of your genetic coding and as a man i will have more masculine traits and it will be easier to tap into that and then you know um i think naturally it'll kind of come into where if i'm in a dynamic with a woman she will be more in her feminine. The majority of the time and then we will switch polarity and I'll be able to express my femininity with her or maybe also not. But I think this this is where I would like to see it in the future is where, you know, our. Way of relating and interacting is so fluid and clear and supportive and trusting that, you know, we're able to express both, but also it sounds very easy and logical and but it'll never happen that way and that's the journey of life right
1: yeah maybe it will you never know
0: who knows who knows but i don't i don't really believe that because there'll be peaks and then there'll be times where it goes really shitty or you know there's circumstances that will allow you to learn something or not learn something and also maybe you don't need to learn it maybe you know that's just a tension and that's also the tension of duality and i'm um, if if you you kind of interact with me you know that i uh, have a big fascination for taoism in general where this principle is underlying with the connection of nature and the dualistic approaches of everything right the yin yang where there's always the essence of the other within the other and it's it's very cyclical and in and, and motion and once the motion stops is when perfection is reached but also existence vanishes.
1: Yeah, yeah and I, I really think that maybe if you're so in touch with like both of your sides and you know, there is always one that is more dominant in, than the other and it can change with times. Um, but if you're so aware of yourself maybe you will you you don't even need to have that conversation anymore with others because you are so stable inside of yourself and so sure about yourself that like automatically you will project that around you and like what you project is what you attract mm. so yeah i think with that there will come more people and situations into your life and emotions that allow you to be all of that that you've already incorporated inside.
0: Yeah, hopefully. So um, I think we've been going for long enough. Um, I I, I believe that probably the better choice would be to maybe record another episode at some point if you're willing to do that. Yeah. And um if you're listening in and there's been points that you agree or disagree with or if you have any pointers or insights or questions, uh, don't hesitate to, to reach out because this is what I'm thriving for. And I really hope that a lot of people disagree because that is going to allow me to maybe see a different viewpoint and have the conversation around that. And, uh, and so don't hold back to reach out. And I'm always willing to sit down and have these conversations because I believe this is what's going to bring us further in as, as a species. Willi, thank you so much for sitting down with me. And uh, yeah, I, I hope to, to talk more about these things with you so we can grow together.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. I've had such a good time exploring that topic with you. And I hope to hear you soon and I'm super happy to talk about it or another topic again anytime.
0: For sure. All right, and I'll see you on the next episode, you guys. Goodbye. Hello, hello, and welcome back. This is the end of the podcast. Just before you go, I would like to invite you to have a conversation with me about your life or a topic that you hold dear. Uh, Nothing's off the table. I would like to have debates, conversations, and explore your personal life. It doesn't matter where you come from or what you have to share. I would like to know your story and share it with the world. Reach out to me and have a wonderful morning, lunch, midday, evening, or night.